mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 353, the palindrome episode of There's No Place Like Terra Stargate First Watch Rewatch episode. Nope, Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. We're palin. We're droman. We're wow. figuring it out. Yeah. It's been a while. Today we are watching Stargate Universe. Stargate. <laughs> Nothing but Stargate. Season two. Yes. Episode 15. Uh-huh. Seizure. Yes. Which I read as the other kind of seizure. I know. I'm like, are they the same kind of seizure? Is it spelled the same? Who knows? AKA the one with Victor Garber or damn it, Jonas Planet or only in dreams. So mine was AKA where's Jonas? There you go. (laughs) I like that best. We're on Jonas Planet. No Jonas. Yeah. Um, there's probably some better, smartier, aka I'm sure, and we may, may or may not come up with one because the amount of fuckery, like <laughs> another American political disaster, yeah, <laughs> strikes again. Oh my gosh! You like he, here's the thing: if we've learned nothing else from this series, it's that Telford makes a series of shitty decisions in his entire life. Diplomat, he is not. No, I don't know why you let him anywhere near a diplomatic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not great at that. He's the guy who's like, you could be running stealth, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to rage. I'm going <laughs> to rage right now. It's like, we were doing great. What are you doing? I'm going to hit this thing over here. It's like, And the DM's like, yes, you should sure. do that. And the, and the rest of the party's like, what do you, why are you, why, why? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very Telford is a very confounding character. Yeah. <laughs> um how was your last two couple weeks? So, yes. Uh <laughs> a- among the reasons why we've been doing every other week for for a small bit is mm-hmm. uh we went on a little a little a weekend getaway cruise to literally nowhere except a private island. You and, and the and the bartender yes. of our pod. Yep. Okay. We went and we sailed the high seas for 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 a very short cruise. Nice, and uh, it was delightful because one of the one of us, me, is really good at finding real cheap cruises. Nice, nice work. <laughs> and one of the very few perks of Florida is there's a lot of cruise ships to leave out of here. Nice, yeah. We you can get Florida discounts. Um, we did not go cruising, um, husband Jesse and I, but we did. We did uh-huh. watch the first two Doctor Who episodes. Oh, is the second? That's right. The, the second, second one one's out. out. Okay, I've only seen the first one because I have like I've been off my game and I forgot they come out on Saturdays. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, absolutely. Number two is the higher ranked one for us right okay, now. Okay, good to know. Until we get to number three, good to know. Well, um, I mean, number three has a has an ace in its hole with yeah, the guest stars. And so yeah. So we'll see, we'll see, but it it just is classic, classic, classic who. That makes me very happy. It was really fun. Um, I mean, I'm already here's 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 a not surprising hot take for me. Tenet is my favorite doctor. Yeah, 
by far. And you know what? Donna is my favorite companion. Well, I was going to say Donna's my favorite doctor. So, yeah. I, like, I guess technically she's my favorite companion. Yeah, because yeah, she's, she's a doctor, doctor Donna. Yeah. I, that, that particular team up yes. is my favorite of all time. So much. Um, I love, you know, Matt Smith is great. You yeah. know, he's a, he's a good second. Him and... Um, all I can think of is her real name right now, Karen Gillen. Oh, I was thinking I was Rory and Amy. Yeah, yeah. And so they're a good second, but like Dr. Don, just something about David Tennant and I just lost her name, Dr. Donna's real name. Um, Yeah, Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate are just fucking phenomenal together. It, I think it's just the amount of mouth that... Catherine Tate will hasn't anything, but specifically that Donna like gives back to the doctor. Yeah. From a, a person who normally has companions who are kind of like, oh, you're so cool. I follow you. And then yeah. Donna's just there's like, no fawning. You're a goddamn idiot. Yeah. There's no fawning. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait for you to watch the second one. It's, it's, it kind of leans into that. I'm so excited. Um, and I've said, but I've mentioned this, but can't, I know I've mentioned this on the pod before, but that's, I was so excited um, the second time I went um, overseas and went to London that mm-hmm. I happened to be landing there the day that previews were happening for the two of them starring in Much Ado About Nothing. Nice. Which is my favorite Shakespearean play. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. And the, they were fucking fantastic. Yeah. And then I got a hug from both of them. Yes. That was really nice. I mean, that's like... Uh, a core memory it is pretty much core memory we got off the we we barely had time to stash our luggage at the hotel Uh by the time we got off the plane stashed our luggage to get over to the theater imagine living in a city where you could just go watch theater i know (laughs) it's real nice (laughs) i'm into it um other than that i finished demon copperhead um, it is not of the ilk of Star Trek or yeah. or Gate or any of the, the sci fi worlds, but it is a very heartbreaking take on Charles Dickens, David Copperfield, mm-hmm. set in the late nineties in Western Virginia, hmm. um, and the rise of oxycotton, okay, uh, and and the opioid crisis. Uh, I think it's like, I, I didn't know all that. I found it accidentally. I think my therapist told me I might like it, of all people. Because uh, she knows the things I'm into. Um, and I think it was like an Oprah's Book Club book. Gotcha. But it's a like a prize. Pul- not Pulitzer. Maybe Pulitzer? I don't tell. One of those writing that. prizes. But if you like to dig into those kind of things, it was beautiful. I do recommend the audiobook. The reader is perfect. Awesome. Yes. Um, and the, the, the gentleman reading it finds the accent. Like, I think he must be a native. Oh, gotcha. Of the area. Yeah. Cause he just reads it really well. Um, but that's, I recommend Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsley. Okay. That's like, yeah. That's like the, the narrator for a fire keeper's daughter. It was like, you can tell when you have in a narrator who knows the words. Well, if that makes sense. It's amazing things. The other thing, I mean, I'm not reading anything new. I'm actually reading something old that I haven't actually read for a while, uh, which is I'm sort of rereading Dragon Riders of Pern series. Oh, yes. Because I'm in a dragony mood. Hmm. I wonder why. But it's 
reading rereading them is fascinating because I still the stories and the characters still absolutely fascinate me and it's it, it re- kind of reminds me in the same way when I go back to read the first couple Dresden books where I'm like oh the first couple books I know they won awards but yeah they're not they don't, they don't quite have the color and the they're not quite as fleshed out as I remember them yeah but if you get through them yeah I know, you know, I know some of the later ones and I know I've anyone who's who's familiar with the Purin series knows that there is a number of different time eras that the books are are written in. Yeah. Um, and I've read I've read most of them, but the Ninth Pass stuff with uh, Robinson and Lessa and Falar are always going to be my favorite. So um, I did finally start reading Fourth Wing, thanks to you <laughs> and uh, Joe of the House of R podcast. Yes. Um, they, it's like, it would make a Showtime show blush. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also not, I don't know. It's, uh, it's supposedly it's a young adult book, but sure. I will admit, I do find the main character annoying. Uh, yes. I'm not a fan. No. But dragons. There's I'm dragons. the dragons. Yeah, I'm hundred percent here for the dragons. I find, and this is sort of, a, it's just one scene, but there's a scene where the main character has this plan and she's telling everybody, you can do this, and you, but she's not sharing her fucking plan with anyone. No. And there's something about that personality type that I found so annoying. I was like, why don't you just tell the people you're working with what you're doing? Yeah, there are definitely, I will say this for, and I've just barely started the audiobook for the second one, which I, yeah. Iron Flame, I don't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. My job will finish it. I oh, just don't yeah. like the main character. There, It's one of those where, there are definitely issues with all the characters for me, <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. sure. But um, it's it's just like can- it's just reading candy. Yeah, the you're action not eating, is so you're not you don't no. need a Big Mac for nutritional no. value. It's there is such good action and it goes so quickly and yeah. it's just kind of it's it's this to me it's the same reason people read like the harlequin romance novels yeah 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 yeah. it's uh, yeah you're right it was more like warning yeah this is fact yes. i would say like the character's a little bit of a what is she's mary, a mary sue. sue she's yeah, a yeah, mary yeah. sue but it's still fun it's fun yeah so yeah march 27 <laughs> 2012 written by remy that's my childhood Obershan. friend Crystal's birthday. Oh. Shout out to Crystal. It's, it's it's it a, was the nineties. What do you expect? It was, was a day Crystal. we could have celebrated. Yeah, you know, <laughs> brother Matt's birthday. Uh, directed by <laughs> Helen Shaver. We have some guest stars in this episode. Ooh, that's right. The we first have. Victor Garber. Not enough Victor Garber, damn it. I mean, there is actually, there's not. I yeah. really, really wish there was more Victor what Garber. What a waste of a Victor Garber. I know. Um, I'm not even, do I have to list the shit you've be seen him in? Yeah. Um, huge Broadway stats on him. He originated. Oh, that I didn't know. He originated Anthony Hope and Sweeney Todd, among other shows. Wait. He's been nominated for like four Tonys. He's a huge, like, musical theater dude. The guy oh. can sing. Whoa. He was also, did you see the Godspell musical? The like the original the old movie? No. Okay, well he's Jesus in it and was also on oh stage. Oh my god. I genuinely was like alias. Yeah. No. <laughs> he uh, uh Jesus Christ and Godspell was his film debut. Oh. Um also I think the first time 
you know, for a lot of actors, it's like wherever you first ping someone is like the first thing that's going to yeah. come on, like at least for you. Mine was uh, Titanic. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's the dad, right? Is it no, he? no, he's one of the captains. Yeah, he's the captain, I think. Yeah. Also, Alias, and now also Orville, because yeah. Nice. Um, I think I wrote down the character's name. I don't think we ever hear it. I just call him Victor Garber the whole time. So I think we did hear his name, but I wrote it's like Victor or- Garber. Or- Ovirda or something. Oviardo. Oviardo Victor Garber. Yeah. Uh and then also, you know, just some guy named David Hewlett. No bigs. Who we miss Dog's Breakfast. So much. Himself. Um, and just because that's not enough, let's also throw in Robert Picardo. A, a nice team up if I ever saw one. I love the two of them two so much. Anxious, overly anxious do-gooders, if you will. I, I, I you could have, it's one of those things where it's like you could have almost split up the goodness a little bit. Yeah. And given us like. Uh, like a McKay episode and then like a Woolsey episode, but then you just combine them. And I, it's one of those where I'm like, ah, I forget I'm in it's, universe. It's almost like I don't even need the B story. I don't. With Rush, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Nope. Go back to my friends. Exactly. Yeah. Which that has some other problematic stuff in there, which we'll get into. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, it's again, this is such a fun, it's an almost an SG1 year Atlanta style episode, yeah. which, which is why I enjoy it more. In the rankings of universe episodes. Although we, I will say, we're coming up on two of my favorite universe episodes, period, bar none. So I'm kind of excited. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. This does feel a little more like the world we know. Yes. So the first person we see, speaking of Robert Ricardo, is none other than Richard Woolsey. Gosh, remember back when we didn't like him or trust him? Remember back in those days? I remember. <laughs> It was not great times. And uh, and now we're completely excited to see him again. So it's him and Telford speaking with what we eventually learn is Lungaran, um ambassador and representative Victor Garber um, in D.C., which again, if you don't remember, Langara is the home of none other than one Jonas Quinn. I do appreciate getting that information because I did not get that off the top. Yeah, it's kind of like, wait, they hide it a little. They do. And I think they hide it. And they, if it's one of those where if you're going to hide it, you need to make it like a bigger reveal so people don't miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been very easy to miss. Um, but yes, we're in suits. We're talking with the suitsy people. We're yep. being things. Uh, we'll Please s- help. Woolsey is negotiating with them on the behalf of the IOA. They mm-hmm. want to use the planet as the power to dial the ninth she- the ninth Chevron yeah. address out I'm to Destiny point, again. If you will. Yeah. It sounds like a conversation that's been going on for a while, maybe even before they found the Lazarus planet, because you remember, yep. tasty, tasty, the quadria core, Alangara. Yep. How many licks does it take to get to the center of the Langara? Of a, an Aquadria core? <laughs> Do you, so is the Aquadria core the Tootsie Pop in it's, Langaria? Like yes. the Tootsie Roll in the Tootsie Pop of yep, Langaria? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. In the Aquadria. Nom, nom, nom. And here, so they're already pulling power from the core. They yeah. already have a Stargate, so we're like legs up. Yeah, we are. We are. We've skipped so much of the setup process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Langara representative is like, "Yeah, that's cool. We totally get why you want to use our planet to power your long distance phone call. But here's the problem: you remember the last two times you tried to dial out to the fancy ship that you want us to call? Both planets were destroyed. Yeah." 
Maybe we don't want to be destroyed a little bit. So I'm kind of seriously confused why you think you could agree, get us to agree yeah, to dial for you. This is pretty much going to risk our entire planet for your shippy ship. Yeah. And maybe no. Mind you, in both those cases, they were outside influences that really helped blow those planets up. It wasn't sure. just the dialing. But like, would you risk Earth? No, and, not for a little shippy shit. And everyone on the earth? The hubris. The hubris <laughs> of these men. And the hubris person hasn't even walked in the room yet. I know. So good news. Speaking of hubris, Woolsey says they have a new solution. And who has that new solution? Then none other than the one, the only, Dr. Rodney McKay. Cues Atlantis bum, theme bum, music. Bum, bum. It's kind of great. As we bring in that delightful McKay humor that we have so desperately Uh missed. And awkwardness as he's like, oh, hang on. My computer has to boot up for a a minute here. I'm low on battery. Yeah. (laughs) Back on Destiny. Uh, Rush is playing chess with Amanda while he's trimming his beard. Amanda's clearly enjoying this new life and this new freedom that she has. Um, Also, apparently, Amanda could always kick his ass in chess which is kind of fantastic uh-huh. he kind of deserves it yeah um, i like to call it sexy chess it's sexy chess. sexy chess yeah strip chess mm-hmm. you, you know go. they would play strip They're chess absolutely playing strip chess um so rush is clearly on page amanda is so much more than human now because yeah. he's like so what are you doing right now and she goes i'm playing chess with you uh-huh what are you actually doing right now yeah and analyzing the structure that Rush found in the database and accessing the ship sensors to study something off the ship. And yeah, she eventually does admit that she does have a little bit more computing power. Look, you know, we get the reveal of more of this conversation later. But yeah. I would wager to say that Rush likes her more as computer than as Mandy. He is a thousand percent someone who's turned on by intelligence. Yeah. And it's like, and the fact that it's like this computer like beyond human intelligence uh-huh. is maybe the part that he's into more than anything else yes yeah also that it's a challenge for them to be together yeah yeah um and yet both of them have a different dream mm-hmm. one that involves each other i'm assuming some touching some sexy time and you know amanda's like there is a way is there dun, Wink. Dun, dun. lens flare credits? Somber credits. It's gonna be fine, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. So back with McKay and the negotiations. Mm-hmm. I love that his background just says it's all in the algorithm. <laughs> don't worry, McKay dumbed this down so you don't even have to be a scientist. Yeah. And the Lagarins are like, yeah. You might as well not waste our time on this. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, I can talk real fast. No time will be wasted. Yeah, t- trust me. This is what are you talking? Here's his problem. They're gonna say that, but McKay's like, just listening to this is so much fun that you're gonna love this. Again, uh-huh. no concept of the fact that nobody else cares. No, it's yeah. fast. He, it's the same thing. I was like, I find this fascinating, and I don't understand why you don't find yeah. it fascinating. So I'm just going to keep talking it at you because surely and if until I keep you find it fascinating, because if I keep talking some part of this, you'll find fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> I will force you to enjoy this. Absolutely. Um, it's the, the um Victor Garber's like that's not the point. Would you seriously risk Earth the way you're asking us to risk our planet and the whole population? No. He's like, but that's, here's the thing. There's no risk. 
Yeah. But McKay's like, there's no risk. And here's hot take Telford over here. Yeah. <laughs> telling this planet, well, there's no time for your scientists to look over the planet. Dude, I'm going to need you to slow it down. Real convincing, my guy. So hard up for this. Yeah. Like, go fucking take a lap. Go, I don't know, masturbate or something. But you are coming in. So scorching hot. There's here. no time for your scientists to look at this plan. You have to just trust us. Yeah. No. Bad management skills. He does have a little bit of a point. He does not bring it up well, however, that the issue is that the Lucian Alliance also knows that they're able to pull this amount of power from Laguerra. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to stop at anything to get to destiny. Yeah. And they're not going to give a shit about blowing up the planet. We care about not blowing up your planet. They're not going to. Yeah. I think it's about the, it's the way we sell this. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, we want our scientists to look at it. And then you go, absolutely here. Let's show your scientists. However, our scientists are like 50 years ahead of things. And, but you let them see it and show them how that, and then you lean into the, these people are stranded on the ship yeah. without you yes. forever. Forever. And it's like, you make them the heroes. You don't fucking hard ass <laughs> your way. Like, I'm sorry. That's just not the way you convince people. No. So where's the- Weir? Where <laughs> oh, is Weir? Where is Weir? Where are Weir? She's, she's, she's one with the I'm robots just, now. Okay. I, I want to... I want to put on my desk at work because my job is basically weird. Yeah. Um, a picture of weird and like be like <laughs> for people to go like, who, who is that a family <laughs> member? Yes. Yes. That's my aunt weird. So um, Victor is like, so how about this? How about you don't let the Illusion Alliance destroy our planet? Mm-hmm. And this is the diplomatic sticking point here. Um, like how is allowing Earth to dial the price of Earth protecting them from the Lucian Alliance? So like yeah. you're you're gonna you're just gonna put us to the wolves if we don't let make let if you don't yeah, if we don't risk our planet for you, you're just gonna throw us to the wolves to the Lucian Alliance. Yeah, that's not great. That's- and Wolsey? When you also when you elevate to that point, you can't back down. You got nothing else to stand on. No, Wolsey's like, look, as a lifelong practitioner of the diplomatic arts, you must understand that the sovereign state acts in their own interests, which is a polite way of being like, yes, if you yeah. don't let us dial, fuck you. Basically, yeah. basically, yeah. And honestly, it could take months for the Langaran scientists to understand McKay's plan because you're all dumb on the planet. And you know, the Alliance is just going to wait months to attack. And Victor Garber is having none of this. And that's the end of the discussion and leaves. Yikes. Telford rolls some insight and really sees that this move to him is proof of the Alliance has already talked to them. And they have to do something fast. Again, Telford... Coming in too hot, my man. He's he is someone who rolled a three on insight, but is like damn sure he yeah, read them I'm correctly. Doing this. Yeah, I'm absolutely going hard. Uh the paranoia is is high. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to for Telford. So Woolsey, Telford, and McKay walk and talk. McKay's annoyed that they didn't even look at the presentation. He put so much work into this and he mm-hmm. dumped it down so a cat could understand it. 
<laughs> and and Wolsey's like, look, I kind of get it. Like, Earth wouldn't listen to someone else's experts until our own experts could confirm something. Sure. Here's what I, I think. Here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about where Telford's coming from. He just wants this so much mm-hmm. that he thinks he can brute force yes. his way through this plan. Because he's counted all of his chickens. He's already in fighting McKay. Like, and mind you, this happens later in the episode. But he's like, I'm going to bring this person on the ship and then I'm going to run the show and I'm doing all the things. My question for that, and this is something I, I sort of brought up later, but we can bring up here. Yeah. How much is Telford dedicated to this because he wants to save the people on the ship or get a link to the people on the ship? And how much is Telford into this because he wants to get back to the ship? He wants to say that he saved the people on mm-hmm. the ship. He wants to be the hero so hard. Yeah. And he wants to be back on the ship. Yeah. Um, that's really where the core lies. I feel like he would find it a victory if all this happened and only he was able to get to the ship. It, yeah. It's like saving the people on the ship is a nice bonus to yes. him getting back to it. Yes. Yeah. So Telford really thinks this is more that Laguerre has already made a deal with the Alliance and he also can prove it. And I'm like, How? dude, why would you not have told this to Woolsey before the meeting? Yeah. How are you let Woolsey going in there negotiating without a key piece of information that you think is absolutely fact right now? Yeah, because he is only looking out for himself at the end of the day. In Telford's office, Young has Freaky Friday himself in, which I love that McKay is like, why is this lowerling talking to me before he finds out it's Young? Yeah. Who are you? Please don't talk to me. Yeah. It's not 100% solid proof, which we clearly find out later, mm-hmm. um, but close. They snuck in listening satellites around Langara. They're picking up Illusion Alliance Cypher. Haven't been able to break it yet, but they know it's there. There's a ton of chatter going on. And this must be new information because Jack just briefed the IOA chairman and the president about this this morning. Yeah, so interesting. And mm. then the Garens have already picked a side in this might as well be war. They could try or die in destiny at any point. And without McKay's work, that's when the planet's going to go boom. Yeah. So Jack gave the thumbs up for this proof of concept mission. And before that, McKay needs to brief someone on his plan. And that briefing will not be here. Mm-hmm. We gotta go. We gotta be not here. So while McKay was supposed to swap with Rush so that Rush could go over McKay's you know, data back on Earth, Rush sent Brody. Honestly, upgrade. It is upgrade. But I like that Young is more annoyed because he's like, Rush can't just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Why does he think he's above any kind of like yeah. teamwork situation? And McKay's actually here to talk to Eli because if Eli is convinced, Young is convinced because yeah. he's like, I don't give a shit if what Rush Here's, thinks about the plan. This is the scientist I trust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and remember how we heard from James about how she caught McKay staring at her boobs? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't coming back at all. This is not awkward in the slightest. She puts her jacket on and doesn't budge. And he's like, ladies first. She's like, fuck you. Yeah. You go. And to his credit, he's like, you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we find out where Rush is. He literally yeah. ran into Chloe on his way to where the fuck else? The chair room. Yeah, his favorite place. 
He told Chloe to tell Young that he was taking the day off, which I'm kind of in Young. What the fuck does that mean on a ship like this? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's not like days off. It's not really an option. Yeah. Uh, TJ checks him. He's fine as far as she can tell. No clue what program is running, but his brain waves are just giving off sleepy vibes. Mm -hmm. And obviously, because the chairs involved, waking him could be dangerous. Yeah. So... Young's Young is like, well, just find out what Figure the fuck he's out. doing. I love how often Young just goes, TJ, just do it. And that comes back later in this episode just for do sure. It, TJ, God. Yeah. You're like the most capable person on the ship Can in multiple ways. Me, yeah, it always comes across a little bit like whiny and pleading. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing Rush doesn't want them to know he's in an immersive simulation that was in the database where he gets to, you know, touch his girlfriend and the surround the environment, the ship is from the no win scenario because it was capable of <clears throat> hyper realistic sensory input. Sexy dreams times. Smexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, AKA Rush's wet dreams. Oh. <laughs> It's not, it's not, it's not. Ugh. But that's in your head now. Yeah, they're just just naked making out. Yeah. Um, Rush figures to You make- know, for two such highly intelligent people, this feels so uncreative. It does. It really does. Yeah. Um, Rush figures to make this work, she had to put some conditions on it, some parameters. And yeah. she's like, I did. It was easy. Mm-hmm. She says so confidently that so- the parameters are so simple. He'll be able to just come and go as he wants. NBD, NBD. (sighs) This is fine. So they have the whole ship, even the whole universe, to go and have sex in. Just a different room for each sex. Yeah. Just going to start a tally. I genuinely think that you could have done something a little more interesting. You know that- You could make anything. You can make anything, but also you know Rush is like, let's go do it in Young's room. Let's go do it on a unicorn. Yeah. Let's go do it on a fucking- Meteor. Yeah. Let's go, I don't know, do it in front of this crazy Aurora Borealis looking light show that we have. I know, at least the observation room at the very I'm least. I'm telling you. Um, so remember how Greer donated a kidney yeah. and is definitely not healing as well as Volker yes, is? Yes, yes. And how he should definitely not be up and walking around as he doubles over in pain and Literally Young finds him. ripping the sides yeah. of the ship. Yeah. And he's a stubborn, fucking stubborn bastard as Park finds him and drags his ass back to the infirmary. Yeah, bro. She'll kick it later. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's why he's doing it. Maybe that's the plan. Yeah. But also just the stubborn. Oh, he's just a stubborn. Yeah. Rage man. So we need a cone. He does. Like he needs a a a leash. Yeah. It's like you for your own good. Yeah. We need to strap your ass down. So we find Eli and McKay arguing about math in the math hall, the chalk math hallway. Yeah, the nerdcore is thick in this It's scene. almost comforting. Zelenka <laughs> would be so proud of yeah, Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would love, I think I want uh, a fanfic of Zelenka gets Eli drunk <laughs> and then tells him all of the <laughs> secrets we know that are true of Zelenka. Uh-huh. And Eli doesn't remember shit yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. But he's just like this drunk mess. Because and then they do obviously Zelenka can handle his liquor. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not even buzzed at the end of no, it. No, and Eli, even if at some point he could, he can't now. He's been no. on this fucking ship for so long. I know. 
Although, you know, Brody's... Brody's, Brody's still... Is, I mean, that shit can... That's another fun one. Just Brody and Zelenka oh. in the stillery. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what you call it, but you know what I mean. No, the it's stillery. a stillery. T- it's a stillery. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Young and James arrive, and one might think they were talking about the dialing solution, but no. That's <laughs> not an issue. Eli wishes he had thought of it because it's kind of elegant. Like, that was fine. They've moved on. And McKay compliments Eli in his own personal way that he reminds him of McKay at, at you know, the young age. And he was carrying around a lot less hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eli finishes for him. I do love that part. And to clarify, yes, the dialing solution will work without blowing up the planet. And the the odds are statistically zero. Um, and McKay points out Rush actually was really close in his calculations. Mm-hmm. He just used trinary instead of a quad base, and Young gives no shits about any He's of that like, as I long don't as care. I Eli don't says care. it's going to work. That's literally all yeah, I care Eli about. Eli says it's good? Great. Cool. Yeah, let's keep moving. Yeah. Um, so let's go. Time for McKay to get back to work. If this works, McKay could even come to visit in person. But mm-hmm. the math debate will continue, and I really wish I knew what they were arguing about. Um, they are arguing whether... Um, tacos are a hot dog or a sandwich or, yeah <laughs> but I mean really I mean or what? where does a corn dog fall in the hot sandwich oh, or hot dog world maybe that was a big debate that could be I, I want that to be the debate <laughs> it's a really good question yeah so back because you have the thing of like a sandwich is 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 carbs yeah. on two sides. Yeah. A taco is carbs on three sides. Yeah. So what is a carb surrounding called? It's because a burrito. It's also, right. But is the burrito the main if we're saying hot dog sandwich, we're sticking to like this very American approach. I know. So what is the enveloped meal called? Yeah, because I mean, it could be a ravioli. It yeah. could be it could, be, could a be a burrito. It could be a pasty. Yeah. What is the handheld, completely yeah. enveloped item called? That's a very good question. The the most uh, some might say we're asking the important questions. It is. We are asking yeah. the important questions here on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. back in Telford's office, both McKay and Young are back there. They have well, Young is swapped in with Woolsey. And not that anyone cares, but Brody's completely on board with the math, too. <laughs> yeah, I like it, too. I'm going to get drunk now. But does McKay does want to confirm, did Brody eat citrus? <laughs> so they're going to go ahead with this mission. They have no clue what, like, what is... It, the, the mission's flawed from the beginning, guys. Yeah, but I guess we're doing it. Yeah. Wolsey is not in love with this idea. He'd really like to stick to diplomacy and uh, yeah, offer them peace instead. This really is a bad D&D, like, yeah. one shot. Yeah. They're like, where you're letting the barbarian make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack fears the alliance is going to move on Langara in a matter of days. And if they weren't... If they weren't being strong armed, you know, like, does Woodland Gera still side with Earth? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the point of the mission. It's like aggressive negotiations, as Padme would say. Yeah. They're going to make him an offer they can't refuse. They're going to go in and force them to choose Earth. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be 
It's like casting friends because you know as soon as the spell ends, people know you were fucking with them. Yeah, there's just... Here's the thing with a plan like this. You go beyond the point of no return. Yeah. You're going to lose this alliance. Yeah. So your plan has to work. But the thing is, is that I can't tell you... Like, I don't know why they think that, oh, if we go in and force their hand and we prove that we can make the connection... Why the fuck would the planet still side with you? Yeah. Just because you can make just cool, you didn't blow up our planet. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You still fucking lied to our goddamn yes. faces. And risk, and as far as they're concerned, risk the planet. Yeah. It, yeah. No matter what, you're jeopardizing the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They want to lie and deceive them, proof the dialing plan is safe and doesn't kill the whole planet. Oh, and then make sure they haven't made a deal with the alliance as a plan B, which is something we'll deal with if we need to. Yeah. And the way that Woolsey speaks for him and McKay, if the plan on taking the power of Facilia and Gera by force, they'll have no part of it, makes me wonder if McKay is working for the IOA now, like officially working for the IOA. Yeah, I don't know. But even McKay's got more conscious than... Oh, 100%. I was just like, when he got back from Atlantis... Like, is he still technically working for the SGC or is he technically working that way? Even though I have a hunch, obviously, as I mentioned later, he can write his own plan. But like who technically is filling out his paycheck? You know what I mean? That's fair. It's probably the IOA. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I just don't. Yeah. I think he would be like. The guys at the SGC are insufferable. Yeah. He doesn't care for Lee. No. So in in one of his rash McKay-like moments, he's like, I'm just going to work over here because he'll let me work by myself and do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And Young is like, no, we're going to give them a peace offering. And I'm like, Young, what the fuck do you think a peace offering is? Stop trying to convince yourself that you're not doing the shitty thing. You're doing the shitty thing. Super shitty thing. Just go in there and do the shitty thing. So Young gets back to Destiny, brings Eli into the chair room where TJ is still monitoring Rush. Mm-hmm. Who at this point is like, he's actually, you know, I said he was dreaming. He's like coma level. Yeah. Eli's like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. What is the, the, the Eli has been slowly getting to the edge of his level with Rush. I Yeah. Yeah. I am surprised <laughs> that he hasn't just fucking decked him yet. He might by the end of this episode. He, he really might. But he, I just, he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You dumb piece of, sh- you selfish motherfucker. Yeah. Is really what it is. And so while Young hates to do this to TJ and he knows the timing sucks, <laughs> but she's going to be in charge of the whole ship because him and Scott have to go do this work thing. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, TJ, remember how we always leave you holding the bag? So Greer's running amok, Rush is stuck in the chair, and we're going to go. Okay, so you watch the kids. Yeah, just keep a team on defense in the gate room. Watch yeah, over Rush. Die, okay, bye. Check on Greer. He was out wandering the hallways, which immediately <laughs> makes her just leave and run yeah. to slap him upside the head. By the by, we're going to go cause more trouble oh probably for us. Okay. So you hold all this together so that we can go create some more bullshit. Look, I I need like TJ needs a support group. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa James is also up there with her. Yeah. It's her. It's her uh, it, Vanessa Park. Women carrying the entire fucking team on their yeah. back support group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So the big question is, is why the hell did Rush do this? Because he's a piece of shit. I mean, Eli's not saying Rush doesn't have the ego the size of a bus, which honestly, giant understatements. Yeah. Um, he rivals ego the living planet some days. <laughs> um, he would have welcomed McKay figuring out this puzzle, even if it meant, you know, Rush didn't figure it out and someone else did because it just meant get supplies and people from Earth. Sure. Um, and for sure, at the heart, the, the next heart to heart, like Eli has with Rush, he's totally going to, you know, ask him to share his feelings. Because mm-hmm. I like Young's like, why do you think he did it? What the fuck do you think I know why he did it? Why, why would I fucking know anything about this asshole? Yeah. Um, Young just wants Rush back so he can kick his ass. Mm-hmm. So, Teach, speaking of. The badass woman. TJ has a damp rag to Greer's forehead trying to help oh, him yes. fight off the fever and yet another infection. And Greer's like, I will just fight harder. It's like, or just do what we're telling you to do. Because if stubbornness could fight off infections, then yeah, Greer wouldn't have any issues. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, Greer, but your <laughs> brand of medication is alone is not going to do it. Um, and Volker is fine, and I'm sure feeling, you know, unplaced guilt. I love the the, the random blurred shot in the background mm-hmm. because maybe the actor isn't on set that day. Yeah. Yep, he's right there. He's Look, right he's there. fine. Do you see him bite? Yeah. DJ orders him to rest and sleep and not walk around, and Greer assures uh, that, you know, he, it's better that he's sick and not Volker because he's strong. Okay, Greer, that's enough <laughs> out of you. I swear to God, if he dies... <laughs> I'm going to bring him back so we can fucking kill him again. No, he's doing fine at the end of the episode. Super fine. <laughs> I'm strong. I stronger than I Volker. I, okay, Drakey. Jeez. <laughs> I do it. I mean, really, if you think about it, there is a lot of similarities between, between your Drakey and Greer. Yeah, yep. It's clearly yeah. his favorite character. Yeah, Scott is my stormy boy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all the things right that I'm supposed to yep, do. Yep, yep. And Greer is my drink. Yep, yeah, that yeah, actually yeah, yeah. checks out pretty pretty on board. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, we could easily place our dogs, I think, in all of the Stargate <laughs> franchises. <laughs> Where's Kaylee, I wonder? Kaylee in this one? Yeah. Kaylee might be TJ, except she yells fuck you a little bit more. Yeah. I like it. Actually, no. Oh, no, she no she's Ray. She is Ray. She She is. I think she's Ray. I also like her as Brody because at the this end of the day, true. she's like, fuck all of fuck you. Fuck all of you. I'm going home. She, yeah. She can't be TJ because there's a certain amount of compassion. With yeah. Her. She has no compassion. Yeah. <laughs> she, we, so a uh, friend of the pod ran a half marathon yes. the other day. It was, it was very badass to see all of them running. And, and we went to go cheer and I brought Kaylee in her, her doggy backpack. That's right. What'd and we're have? like, do you want it? The loudest dog in the world normally. Do you want to cheer and like bark? For all- no, like, no, I don't care about any of these people. Thanks. I'm fine. I'm going to just sit here quietly. I will be excited when the one person in the world that I truly like outside of my parents shows up. Yeah. And I still won't even bark for her. I don't but I'll care give her a kiss. about any of these people. Yeah. Mother. <laughs> Yeah. Look, my existence is enough. And it's, to be fair, it was. it was. People were very excited were to like, see it. Corgi in a backpack. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. So Brody and Eli are trying to figure out the puzzle that is Rush. Which good luck. Yeah. Um, and it's Eli bad. figures it's almost like there's no brain activity, and that's mm. when Eli realizes 
what Rush did. Yay. So they go back in the logs and they realize that there is a massive upload to Destiny's memory. Over 900 terabytes. That's great. And to explain to Chloe and us, that is the complete non-abridged consciousness, one Nicholas Rush. Yikes. Which honestly, I would think that the full complete non-abridged consciousness would be way more than 900 terabytes. So I'm wondering if there's like, you know, you're skipping all of the automated keep the body alive functions. Yeah. You don't need those. You're skipping yeah. a lot of the like memories. Yeah, the basic. Well, I think what maybe it's just that it's so tightly defragged. Maybe his consciousness is constantly zipping files and zipping files. So they, they haven't uncompressed anything. Yeah, this I don't is, know. Yeah. I'm also, I mean, the entire premise of this episode, I'm like, Rush, you were. You are one of the two smartest people on this ship. How the fuck do you think just willy-nilly upload and download your consciousness is a safe thing? How often have you copied 900 terabytes and there hasn't been some sort of issue somewhere? Yeah, you're going to run into a file getting stuck and then you're you're fucked. Mm -hmm. You, You can no longer move the left side of your body. Because there's no backup. Yeah. There's no... You're not making a copy of your consciousness and putting it into... No, you're just moving it all over. Which is probably why Eli didn't do it. Yeah. So, there he is, wandering the virtual destiny with Amanda. And they discuss how strange it is to be on the ship alone. But for Amanda, like, it's it's nice to be experiencing this with someone. Uh Uh-huh. The word... Yeah, that's the thing. Is he basically did this for a date? Yeah. For a... Yeah, it's a little gross. It is. He, he did it for sex. Yeah. Because it's not like he's learning some cool new thing. No. He can still talk with Amanda. He can yeah. converse with Amanda. They can have... I mean, they can play chess. <clears throat> they just can't touch. Yeah. Here's the thing. You can still have sex without touching the other you person. Can. You can. Plenty of people have done long distance sexy times. And you're still close distance. Yeah. You cannot see it all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm Yikes, just saying. Dude. Yikes, dude. You just. Okay. See, see, even the smartest Which men. Which I have a hunch. Eli and Jin are because they're more emotionally intelligent. Well, they're also millennials. So they're like, <laughs> we can do the fucking virtual sex yeah, all, all day. day. All day long. We got this. We grew up with technology. This is, that, is comfortable. Yeah. This is not foreign or weird. Yeah. But see, even the smartest men in the universe still think with their dick sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, in fairness, Maddie was thinking with her vaginas. So yes, she was. Yeah. Um. So you know, she hasn't been in this new state for very long. Um. But she kind of gets lost in time. It's almost like time passes differently for her. Hours are oblivious. She can be on the ship with people, but also just outside the ship, taking in the galaxy. Yeah. And through all of that, she'd rather be right here with him. Oh, and I'm like, such a bummer. You fucked that right up, didn't you? Yeah. So. You know, there was, if there was a way that he could access destiny from inside this program, you get the idea that he would never leave. Yeah. He yeah. would just be ghost in the machine as well. Mm-hmm. But they can't because the system is isolated. And uh, Amanda's like, let's not tell Eli and Jen this. 
this just keep it our secret, which giant red flag. Yeah, yeah. Flag on the play. Flag, flag on a, the play. There's a, there's, I got, I'll find his name, but there's a TikTok guy that it does just red flags. <laughs> and he'll like play part of a video and then literally has the world's biggest flag. And he just runs in the scene and he's like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I got to talk to you about this. <laughs> flag on the play. So um, evidently, like their little sex day has come to an end and he does have to leave for a few various reasons, but yeah. don't worry. It's super duper easy to leave. You just sit back in the capital C chair, uh-huh. close your eyes. When you open them, you are back on the real destiny. And again, there has got to be percussions to transferring 900 terabytes of your brain consciousness back and forth. Also, I can imagine that takes a while, but I guess assistants are fast in destiny. We're fine. He'll be back. She can come visit him as the, the like, you know, illusion, the, the hologram. When they say their goodbyes, Rush sits down. But he wakes up right there with Amanda, not back in his body. Ta-da, you're so fine, that's you're back. fine. You did it. Everything is good. <laughs> oh, it's, um, here, I found the guy. Dustin Pointner, the red flag alert guy. Red okay. flag alert guy. Anyway, it's, he's fine. Okay, bye. <clears throat> So you know the perfect place to store your Stargate? It's in the middle of your massive power generator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe they only have one warehouse large enough on the planet. But also, it doesn't have to be inside, guys. But they don't know that. Like, put your Stargate outside. So in the 19... When was it that Catherine found it? The 20s? 30s? 10s, I thought. Okay. We also kept our Stargate inside. I know. We also didn't know. And so they're the Canada of planets. So they're, you know, a few years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just say the Canada of planets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're not as far in the future yet with trends, if you will. I mean, they're in 1940s level technology, okay? Canada's not quite that far back. It's not quite as bad. But, you know, planet distance, have a turn Sure, sure, so sure. It becomes exponential. Sure, 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 sure. So the concept is there. The timing is done yet. Sure. The idea being they don't know yet that they can have I apologize to all of our there. Canadian listeners. I don't mean anything untoward. I'm just saying they haven't caught quite up yet. It's fine. With the fashions uh-huh. of where to store your stargates. It's also, fine. Canada, I would much rather live in your country. Please let me come. <laughs> okay, bye. Type 1 diabetic really sucks to be in America. Okay? Thousands and thousands of dollars. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of things that suck to be well, in America. So, the gate starts to dial. Defense teams get ready. But don't worry. It's just Woolsey completely unarmed. He just has some gifts for two very specific people. Oh, <laughs> yes. And the young eater. This is the. Here's what happened. The D and D group found this one clever thing. Like, oh, if we get them to touch the stones, and then they wrote their entire plan around people yes. touching the stones. This is exactly what happened. And nobody went. Wait a minute, guys. What if someone else touches the stones? Yeah. What if touching the stones isn't the only thing that has to be successful in this plan? So the young, I mean, this guy on column, sus soldier, uh-huh. is like, oh, I'll call them. And, and you know, not yet. Not yet. Uh-huh. The captain's like, what are these gifts? I can't just let you through with these things. And there are these awesome symbols of friendship as he opens the box of clearly <laughs> communication stones. Yeah. I mean, he's not lying when he says they were carved by the ancients themselves or a million years yeah. ago. 
But I mean, you can't touch them. No, you don't touch. Only this other guy touch. But this captain it clearly has to, you know, look them over before they can go to the administrator. And he touches one and boom, Scott's here. Oh my God. Yep, looks fine to Scott. You can tote bring these, the administrator. Nothing suspicious here. This is normal. I'm acting like my normal self. <laughs> normal, normal, normal. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the uh, the Langaran captain is in the body of Scott tied to a chair on Destiny with Young just calmly explaining things. Yeah. Yikes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing highly alarming about that. Yep. I like the like the wink and nod that Scott does. Like I'm in this body now. <laughs> this is my it's body. Like, can you be a little less obvious? No, Scott does not do stealth well. Yeah, not his strength. No, again, he's my stormo. So they walk into the administrator's office, who surprises E. Woolsey, but Scott, not Scott, reassures him that he brought a completely safe and very non-suspicious, awesome gift that you should totally touch and hold. And the guy wants nothing to do with Wolsey. He should have been sent back to Earth immediately. But really, just read what's on the bottom of the stone first. It's very like Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Like everyone's just yelling, don't! (laughs) No! How about you hold the stone up for me to read? Yeah, you hold the, you put it in your butthole. But he does. And now he's on Destiny. And Young is there on Langara. And Young is wearing a vest. Um, I think my favorite part is that Young's wearing this man's entire outfit in the size that it was yes. made for this man. Yes. With a pant that's like easily five inches too long. Yes. Anyway. So SGE 4 and 5 will be there shortly and Young and Scott are totally welcoming them to the facility because Young totes runs it. This is my facility now. Yep. There is no war in Bossing say. So inside the little world, Amanda's panicking because... I think it's because Amanda knows how she fucked up. Yeah. And I, does not want to admit it. It's real. It's a it's a little bit Greek tragedy-ish. Like, yeah. hey, um, this shit's fucked. Yeah. Surprise, you're trapped now. And there is part of me that actually feels for them because she did think she made this very simple, elegant solution in the end. Like, even Rush is like, I don't know why it wouldn't be working. Yeah, I I need to find my compassion for her because she's falling into the same category for me as our character in Fourth Wing, where it's like, you wanted to handle everything yourself. You thought you were the smartest person in the room and that you were in charge of the world and see what happens when you don't work with people. Now, part of the parts I have problems with is the fact that she takes this long to realize it because she knows she knows from the beginning that's why she's going around and lying and trying to make her time yeah and also the fact that she didn't be like hey rush this is what i'm gonna base our world on yeah let's just make sure we dot our t's and cross our i's here well and it sounds like to me like there was a conversation that her and jen had where they were like bro Let's not do this, okay? This is unsafe. And she's yeah. like, I'm smarter than you. It's fine. And I think that's the yeah. arrogance in that, that gold arrogance. Gold arrogance coming back. Yep. So she's running around trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And Rush reminds her, you're not doing anything. No. Nothing here is connected to the outside. You're just pressing buttons that do nothing. Yep. They're not connected to the real chair. Yeah. This is all pretend. This is a Fisher-Price version (laughs) of the ship. 
This yeah. is you're holding an unplugged controller while your yes. older sibling plays. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Rush can't leave, and Amanda can't fix her from here. So yeah, you gotta go. Uh huh. And the moment she does, you can see that Rush was keeping his calm, and everything will be fine. Face for her, and once she leaves, it drops. <laughs> yeah, it's not great times. So there's something about this next scene that's just, I love it. So Eli is calling yeah. for Jid, just yelling into the ether. Yeah. Which is annoying Chloe and Brody, and Eli's annoyed that she's not responding. So everyone's annoyed for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, he wants to talk to her because Eli's pretty sure he knows what Rush is doing because Jin and him talked about it and pretty sure those two women talk in the computer. Yeah. They know all the things. Yeah. They're the smartest people here. Yes. Yeah. And the ancients experimented with the transfer of human consciousness a ton. Like, it's how the stones work. And Brody's like, we actually have no clue how those work, but continue. Yeah, sure, dude. Just making shit up on the fly. And Chloe's still caught on why Rush would want to do that. And Eli doesn't have to tell the full story of how Jin and him started discussing this, but he does anyway, because he's just adorable. Yeah. Um, they were talking a few nights ago and, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could do something more than just talk? And Chloe's like, you mean physical contact? And it's like, do you have to say it out loud, Chloe? God. And it takes a second for Bernie to catch on. You mean, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, that's exact. I clearly mean sex. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is what we mean. Yes. Can we all get past this part that I said? I'm uncomfortable now. And it didn't go over well. She got real depressed, mad, and mm-hmm. hasn't talked to Eli since. And to clarify, the sex part, she was four. Just not everyone in this room to know. Yeah. My girlfriend wanted to fuck me. My girlfriend that's not does the problem. want to see my penis. She does. <laughs> she is into my dick. The, the part she had a problem with was risking transferring my consciousness the, the whole just for conscious sex. transfer for exchange of sexy times yes. not worth it to girlfriend yeah 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 right. mm-hmm. because we can do all the other stuff without risking my brain yeah a healthier relationship than rush and mandy have for <laughs> certain with a woman who went hey yeah. maybe i love you maybe enough to stop you from transferring your consciousness for the sake of a sexy time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Back on Langara. So the three guys come out and do this scripted song and dance about how their totes going to help Earth and we're going to dial the nine Chevron address and we're going to provide ongoing support and put your weapons away. We're all yeah. allies. All this stuff is great. Roll a performance check. And it seems like a bunch of these people are not buying this shit. For a second. You roll poorly. Because <laughs> this is a complete 180 to what the previous status quo was. Yeah, imagine coming in there like that. You needed to come in there like, hey, we know things are strange. Uh-huh. These are trying times. The people of Earth might need our help. We are going to extend a hand yeah. in an effort of goodwill. Nope. I know this isn't what we first had in mind. No, 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 no. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. The Plus, the last they heard is that dialing would tear the crust of the planet apart. Scott tries to reassure the guy that that was just a bluff. That was bargaining. They're I real feel good. Like Scott at least did better than fucking Young did. That I was know. an attempt. I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, Jeebus. Okay. So Amanda's back with Rush. 
she he, he's been having a slight existential crisis time trying to find the difference between this world and the real world one of those like what's the difference between these two picture tests yeah, yeah, yeah. which i'm a little bitter <laughs> that that's like the one question i got wrong in a star trek <laughs> quiz on the cruise ship yeah has nothing to do with your knowledge about star wars mm-hmm. so amanda's <laughs> like look the problem solves the problem was Jin. She doesn't approve of any of this. Rush is like, I don't give a flying fig. Yep. And, you know, her disapproval manifested in keeping Rush here. So we should be fine now. Is that actually this what happened? This is the part that I'm like, Amanda, just admit you made a mistake. Amanda, yeah, fuck right off, my man. Yeah, like, that's not okay. Oh, she did this to you uh-huh. because she's mad at me. Don't not, I didn't fuck everything up royally. Look, Rush, don't try and make sense in any of this. Just please don't. Just move on. Just don't look at behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. So Telford, McKay, and others come through the Langara and Stargate. They communicate via eyes to McKay that the administrator is young. Mm-hmm. And they get started. And McKay starts telling people where to go and hooks up their... He goes to his computer to their woefully adequated excuse for a mainframe. And Young wants Scott to have a man on every door, even if he has to use the Garen as well. And the sus guy is still just all of this is fucking sus. Yeah. I mean, sus can guy. you blame him? We're no. not doing anything to, to appease that. Sus guy is like, nah. Anyway, let's just work faster than sus guy can take action. Basically, that's their plan. Mm-hmm. Back in the digital chair room, again, Rush goes to sit down. They say their goodbyes, and Rush seemingly wakes back up on Destiny. Ta-da! You're back. Did I trick you? Brody is yelling. Eli's pissed. Park is annoyed. He doesn't care about any of it. He's been away for 12 hours, and he's just hungry. Mm-hmm. Park continues to be disappointed in him, which may work on other people. It's not going to work no, on Rush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rush doesn't care if Young is pissed, and if Eli wants to keep yelling at him, you can keep yelling at me all the way to food. Because I'm hungry now. Literally, it's as if he was just out for a long walk. Hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like Rush has explained everything to Eli, who's not believing that A, he did it, or B, that Jin had anything to do no, with Rush not being able to leave. Jin doesn't seem that spiteful. No. Yeah. It's spite is like the least thing that Jin is. Yeah, yeah. The woman who was like, "I'm glad you didn't kill the man who fucking yes. strangled me to death." Yes, I don't see spite being nah. one of her stronger <laughs> traits. And Eli's like, "What was it like?" And Rush leans in and makes sure no one's leaning, and he goes entirely personal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, my dude, yeah. I know you're just like an angry curmudgeon. But, like, you went in uh-huh. to have touchy-touchy time with your girlfriend. And, and now you're Eli gonna, yeah. has the same situation with his girlfriend. You don't have to go into details. You can say it was great. It felt real. Yeah. In Rush's defense, that's almost a double entendre, though. Because he does say it was entirely personal. Yeah, I know. It just... But it is annoying. Yeah. yeah. You could just if say I'm gonna devil's advocate. You could just say it was great. Yeah. Yeah. This seems like it's this felt like, oh, I know we're in the same situation, but this is for me and not for you. Yeah, oh you can't no. This, yeah, you can't this do this. Mine. Yeah. Eat so, shit, my man. Yeah. 
Young is grilling McKay with questions and he doesn't want to be here any longer than they have to be because mm-hmm. you're completely on a time clock about to be found out. Yep. Um, it's a balance of already, they've already drawn the power, which is great, but this is 1940s tech, which is slower. And also, but also you don't build things like you used to, you know, mm-hmm. things are a little more harder to break. And if they end the conversation right now, <laughs> McKay would have this done in an hour. Uh-huh. And Young just throws back, Shepard's right. This is my favorite part. He's like, what about what? Shepard's right about Bye. what? I gotta go now. And Young just keeps walking. Yep. Shepard's right about what? So many. So many. So many. Yeah. Dude, John Shepard can play you like a fiddle. And you know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not a people ear. McKay. I also want to know, but I have a hunch it's one of those, like, when it comes down to the wire, when life has lent his line, McKay will figure it out. He's going to slack off before then. Yeah, it actually has nothing to do. Shepard probably didn't say anything at all. This was just a vague, like, oh, Shepard's oh, yeah. right. Oh, 100% that could also yeah. be it. It's, it was probably like, McKay's going to talk himself up a lot and yeah. make things seem like they're harder than they yeah. are. It's probably what it was. Yeah. Because I can't imagine Young and Shepard got to talk a lot. No. No. It was just like, you can trust him, but he's going to make himself seem really important. Shepard. Sorry. (laughs) So instead, Young walks over to Woolsey and remember the secondary objectives. Mm -hmm. And are they working with the Alliance? They have to get to the administrator's office and guess who is definitely heard all that. Suspicious soldier. Sus guy. He's here. He's doing it. He's. Paying attention. And in said office, Woolsey's going through as much paperwork as he can. There's a lot of it. And what? Decorative fans? Like, what? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, he finds something that seems not very good. Mm-hmm. Young is watching over things, observing everything the light touches is my kingdom, Simba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, McKay is snarking at the local engineers who are asking honest questions yeah oh you mean at rosie the riveter because that's yep. who that is that was that definitely is the rosie, the riveter. rosie the riveter with, with with technically speaking as far as you're concerned i'm from the future uh-huh. classic mckay thanks mckay you dick um i do love that's really gonna help people trust you further i do love when telford's like genius and social skills <laughs> it really is just the worst people for this mission yeah yeah you know who'd be great at this mission? Salenka. Salenka. Yeah. Because it's like, even if you have suspicious soldier and you pulled all this other shit, if you could at least appeal to the science team, yeah. then you'd have some sort of leverage here. So with the Stargate ready and McKay must done, 10 minutes tops, Telford comes out and asks it. Like he's asking someone out on a date or something. Yeah. So... Once this once this is done, would you want to join Destiny's crew? Yeah. <laughs> Which McKay's like, I mean, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. And honestly, it sounds like the people from Atlantis can pretty much pick and choose their own assignments. So they kind of earned it. That's yeah. fine. But McKay's already been on one mission that may never get home. Yeah, he's like, I like going with the home part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that part again. I I know that you might think, oh, he's done this before. He probably. Yeah. No, that's the part I least liked about the mission. It's like how many people who are on Voyage are going to sign up for another like deep space 10 year mission. I like, love come the, on. Or they didn't mean to. And they're like, I couldn't possibly get stuck in this situation again. <laughs> and then they're suddenly 
on Destiny. Yeah. So they've been they went back and forth for a while. Telfer keeps trying, and it's pretty sure clear that McKay is like absolutely not interested. Mm-hmm. Beyond the Freaky Friday stones, at least. McKay will Freaky Friday into Destiny every day if he could sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so um Amanda visits Rush in his room. Mm-hmm. Happy to see that Rush is back and safe. Um she she's, you know, the last thing that she would ever want is something to happen to him and then sort of like color flips yeah and this is a ship it disappears the ship drops out of ftl eli also bracing himself from biting it yeah and jin shows up yeah she's like look i just did an emergency shutdown of the ftl i need a distraction rush is in trouble Hey, fucked up. Things are weird. Help, help, help. Like, and we see here that Rush is actually still in the chair. Yep. He never woke up. And there's a reason Eli couldn't find Jin. Mm-hmm. So Amanda, she didn't fuck this up on purpose. Right. But she did fuck things up. Yes. And there's no way out of the simulation. And she's stopping Jin from manifesting because she's trying to buy time to fix it. But she can't. She's not going to be able to fix it. It's too fucked up. And it's clear that Jin, there's to her that there's only one way to end this. And that's from the outside. Mm -hmm. And you know this can't be good. And she tells Eli that he has to do it. You have to do the... And before she can elaborate, she disappears. End of story. Which is really shitty if that's their last conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mandy super fine with everything you've done here you're a great person we pop back to rush who asks amanda what happened you know what it is with mandy she's got main character syndrome she does yeah anyway and she lies to him not about the emergency ftl stop but why the emergency ftl stop um she's gonna leave him for the night to work and instead of just you know you know sitting around chit-chatting shooting the shit and that's when amanda (laughs) makes her fatal error she leans down and kisses him on the cheek yeah, before she disappears. This is my favorite part because it's like, oh no. And then I like Rush's reaction to this. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What he does, I think it's a couple scenes from now, but what he does. Oh yeah. 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 Because here he just kind of reaches back up and is like, that Compliant, was yeah. touching my yeah. cheek. Hmm. So Woolsey finds the rest of the guys, brings them in. Mm-hmm. We have a problem. Yep. Not <laughs> only have the Langarans been refusing to have anything to do with the Lucian Alliance, but they have been saying no for months. And they've been saying no while the Alliance offers them more and more and more and more stuff. Guess what, guys? We're the assholes. Because they didn't want to jeopardize their alliance with Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's no way Woolsey is not going to throw down an I told you so. We're the dicks here. We we are the ones. Telfer gets none shits about it, though. He's like, look, they had so many reasons to, to we had so many reasons to find all this us. Telfer and Mandy are suffering from the same issue. <laughs> yes. And they're like, we found this sus because we were spying on them. Because we are fucking the cheater was the one being like, are you cheating on <laughs> yes. me? It's like. What made you come up with that idea? And that's when Victor Garber calls. Young is really trying to cover this. 
playing as the administrator, but that role does not it's go well. Uh, it's too f- And yeah. reinforcements are on their way. Sucks to suck. Back on Virtual Destiny. <laughs> Russia's just walking past people who we know don't exist. Mm-hmm. Gets the control room. You know... Eli really should be working on getting me out of that chair. And he's like, you're not in the chair. Why are you dropping the shields? Don't worry about it. Yeah. I want Rush to start making things up like, blast the torpedoes. (laughs) Um, The proton emitters. I mean, just bullshit. Yeah. Eli's very worried because as the ship starts to yell about the shields dropping, because if the shields drop below 4%, then we're going to not exist anymore. And Rush just leaves with a casual, you'll be fine. Yeah. No, no, I won't. As he frank- fr- frantically tries to bring the shields back up again. Uh-huh. Rush finds Amanda in the observation room. And she's like, why? 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 You tell me why. <laughs> He's like, because I'm still in simulation. Yeah. I need to find a way out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this isn't the way. Well... Simulations require parameters, yeah. and if conditions go beyond the parameters, the program can't continue. So, destroying the ship seems like a solid parameter. Yeah. But no, she's like, that's not what's happening. You're going to kill everyone. We're totes not in a simulation. We're super in real life. Again, stick to the lie. And he's just really hurt that she would lie to him like that. And they watch the ship blow up. Get torn apart out the window, and he seems completely calm and cool as black. I will say that that's rich considering the reason this didn't work. I know that's rich coming from him. Considering, yeah, I guess if you think about it in the long run, Mandy isn't the bad guy because she genuinely believed this man loved her. Something's here. I will also say things could have worked if the reality was real. Yes. And I will say, and this is, I'll save this for later. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I think I, I'll save it for later. I, I guess all I'm, I'm saying is maybe I'm being a bit hard on her. Uh, she still, like, that's, you discuss shit she like did. that. Yeah, true, true. So Scott takes some men out to get some intel. Young is worried about how this is going to play out. Now yeah. you're worried? Well, a little late now. Telford's dad taught him to beg forgiveness rather than ask for permission. And I'm like, that's not a catch-all situation. No, and that's not, yeah. Not when planets are at yeah, stake, Yeah, that's dude. that's not a thing that works for everything. Yeah. Um, but they're at this rate, they won't even be able to die out before, dial out before they're caught. Mm. It's going to be very close as McKay gets the program up and running. And eventually, when it comes down to it, Telford is the only one who's on team dial destiny at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, Scott reports a large team is heading their way and McKay starts calling out chevrons. Woolsey is like, we should bail now and just dial earth. Uh, we fucked this up. Yeah. And Telford is so determined. They're so close. He would burn a planet to get back to destiny. And he says it's for the people on the ship. And I think it's for him. Mm hmm. Uh, I I I think that yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't find it in English, but it's it's a it's like a tantrum that he's having. Yeah, 
Like, I want to be on Destiny and nothing will stop me. Yep. Um, also, this is already... This is not stop this before it becomes a diplomatic disaster. We've crossed that line, my We're friends. We're there. We're fucking the Langarians with no loot. Yeah. Yeah. So they arrive as Chevron 2 is called out. Telford is just still determined to prove this works. He's sure that everything will be fine once they can prove it works. Chevron 3. Things get very tense. Yeah, what young, young orders the Langarians not to fire unless fired upon, knowing that his actual people from the SGC won't fire. But it's about to get ugly. Chevron 4. Victor Garber arrives. Yeah. Uh, he knows what they're doing. Uh, he's not going to be tolerated. Uh, Young tries to play into his role, but, you know, Victor sees right through it. He doesn't know what exactly is going on, but yeah. that's clearly not the administrator. Just because they're not from the future doesn't mean they're stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Chevron 5. And Victor Garber is like, look, once you get to the 8th Chevron, all our forces are going to open fire. All our base are belong to us. Yeah. Telford says that they just want to show, like, we just want to show you that dialing is possible. Mm-hmm. And Young checks in with McKay, and McKay's like, look, everything is working. Dialing 100% would have worked. Would have worked. If we dialed the ninth Chevron, we would make a connection. Chevron 6. And he's like, no one should be standing there, by the way, just in case this kabooshes, you're all dead. Yeah. Which I love. Telford is sure no one's going to shoot at them. And McKay honestly tells Young... Look, I'm just a brilliant scientist, regularly gated, showing out the obvious in terms of chevrons here. But while I'm stating the obvious, this mission is a failure and it's just going to be shittier. Yeah, yeah. How about don't make the bad thing worse? And he's like, yeah, I know. And then he walks back up to the Stargate and tells McKay to shut it down. And the Stargate comes to a stop. All our teams put their guns down, puts their hands up, and Telford could eat them all whole. All I'm saying... Is that I'm glad that Telford wasn't at the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All I'm saying. He's not exactly a cooler head shall no, prevail. No. This is an absolute diplomatic disaster. Back on Destiny. Real this time. Mm-hmm. Eli knows how to shut down the simulation. Mm-hmm. Because he knows Amanda's the one who set the parameters. And whether she knows it or not, um, Amanda's the one keeping Rush there. Yeah. And Jin wasn't able to finish her sentence, but Eli knows what she's going to say. And you can tell Eli is like, he's that quiet pissed. Oh, yeah. Or he's just fucking vibrating, which is worse. Well, because there's absolutely no redeeming quality to Rush that's going to the only thing that's going to make him feel good about doing this is his own moral code really yeah. because it's not like oh thank god i saved rush he's such a good guy no that's no. not the case no this is the i have to save the serial killer on the surgery table because yep. i'm a surgeon yep i can't think about what kind of person this person is so rush wakes up from his bed um, Amanda's there just wanting to know why mm-hmm. you know to prove it wasn't real like why did you lie to me yeah and she was trying to fix things she was just trying to buy time trying not to have him worry yeah okay 
And it's all under her hands now because Jin was able to talk to Eli and know it wasn't Jin's fault. Yeah. It was an innocent mistake in programming the parameters. Mm. She thought it was so simple that nothing could go wrong. And Russia's like, well, what were the parameters? And, mm. and Amanda's like, I don't blame you. Oof. What were the parameters? Yeah. And through tears, she admits that it was just one parameter that they love each other. Yeah. And it was the only thing that needed to happen. And he would have been able to come and go as he wished. And she knows that she loves him. So therefore. He must love her. And Rush is like, well, that can't be the problem because of course I love you. No, you don't even know what love is, my man. And and I think, and she's like, well, you can't just force love to exist when it does Yeah. And he's like, no, but I'm sure I love you. Mm, but clearly you don't. And I think to me that's what it comes down to is, is Rush loves Amanda in the way that Rush can love another person. Which that, is not the way that Amanda understands. Like, it's not her style of love. I think in fairness, it's in the way that he can love anyone that wasn't his wife. And I think because I think he loved his wife truly and thoroughly and wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I don't know that he's in a place where he could do that again. Yes. And so he might think he loves her, but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, your body knows what love was and this isn't it. Well, and that's and I so I think it's a twofold, you know, yeah. I, I don't. I still to the same of whatever whatever the definition and the what love looks like for Amanda uh-huh. is I don't think even with the love he had for his wife, it's like two people don't love in the same way, regardless. Of oh, things. agreed. Yeah. That, yeah. That's more of what I mean. Yeah. 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 That's fair. It might've fit her parameter, but yes. he's capable of something different and that's not what his parameter actually is. Which is why it's like, if they had, communicated with each other like it could have been both love inputs like what i imagine eli and jin did and knowing eli the way we know him and knowing jin the way we've learned her it's like i think we really like each other but we can't yeah. say for sure that we love each other so let's not risk it yet yeah and it's yeah. also because they also would have put different parameters on this yeah but the but the, the really if it's if it's that like feet first yes dive yeah they would have been more cautious. Yeah, their their parameter would have been like, we super like each other. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, because I know that. I don't know that I know what being in love is. Because the difference is, is that I can see, in the most adorable way ever, I can see Jin and Eli having in their, when she's a hologram and they can't touch, their like romantic conversation is deep like, well, how can you prove love? Exactly, exactly. And, like, getting, and they're like, well, because we can, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she had a head start on loving him mm-hmm. because he loved, again, age difference. Yeah. Uh, loved him for most of her life. And Rush tries to reassure her. And honestly, in the most real and emotional way that we have seen Rush, like, go listen to me and not to a program yeah. that I love you. Well, and, and, and another thing that's really important that I've learned with time is like, again, if she's using math. Yeah. Loving each other is rarely equal. Yes. Like there are often times in a relationship when one person 
like you always love your partner, but you're like the amount of in love and the amount of mm-hmm. love coming and going. Sometimes I have more to give and sometimes I, I have more to take. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's never this like perfectly balanced. No. We just synergize in love. And yeah. and I get the idea that like Amanda, I don't think has been in a long term. Right. Give and take. Love is not math. It's a chemical reaction. Yes. Yeah. But it's too late. Eli is already deleting things. Deleting memory from where her and Jen are stored. Mm -hmm. And she can't stop him. And she tells him not to blame himself for her death. Because if her body hadn't died, she would never have felt this. And she touches Uh, his face. Yeah. And he's like, I swear I love you in tears. Okay. As she says goodbye. You can stop that now because that doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's also, I think at the end, it's being as angry as like, well, stupid parameters. Why don't you understand my, what my love is? My version of love is. But it's also of if this is going to be the last thing that she hears from him, it's like, fuck the. Fuck yeah, the that's algorithm. Fair. That's fair. I do love you. Yeah. Fuck the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which goes back to it's all in the algorithm from <laughs> McKay's screen. So it's gotten young back into their bodies, standing on the bridge, hands tied up. So At the risk of getting political mission accomplished <laughs> side from Bush 2. Yeah. <laughs> So things went badly. Yeah. I mean, we're slightly above catastrophic, okay? No one's going to jail. We do have to defend their planet from the Illusion Alliance and take the Stargate away from the power facility and no dying destiny. But no one's dead. Yeah. Uh, James was showing the captain and the administrator around, which is actually the smartest thing anyone on... Anyone involved with anything has done all day. <laughs> because showing them what they could help save. Yeah. Yeah. The one person who did the right thing. Yep. In this entire fucking... Her and TJ. Again. And and Eli. Sure. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But regarding to this yes. specific yes. mission, the one person... In the A plot, the one person. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe if we befriend these people... <laughs> It could be a good thing. Yeah, maybe have one of the Lingaran swap, but not tricking them yeah. to take a tour of destiny. How about don't bamboozle these people? How about be like, hey, look, we're people. We're here, and we are existing, and we need your help. So Rush wakes up in the infirmary. He's mm-hmm. been out for a couple of days in the coma, and Eli's there and immediately is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Eli tells him he transferred them both into quarantine. Yeah. And they're now cut off from the rest of the ship and us. So thanks. We've lost them again. Mm-hmm. And this time, Eli had to press the button. Yeah. So thanks, dickhead. They're both there in quarantine. Jen said it was the only way. So that's what I did. And like, this might be the straw that breaks Eli's back when it comes to Rush. Because he did this to save 
Rush, but not like to save Rush, but to save Rush. Yeah. And if given the choice, he might Again, not do the same yeah. thing in the future. I didn't save you for you. Yeah. I saved you because it's what the the man that Jin knows me to be. Yeah. He 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 may he can't say he's gonna do that. Make that choice every yep. time. Yeah. And he storms off, and Rush tries to go after him. TJ's like, you're not gonna win that debate right no. now. You should just maybe not talk to him for a while. Yeah. And also you need rest because you're lucky to be alive. Yep. Listen listen to her, Greer says from across the room. She knows what she's talking about. And Greer's actually looking better. Yeah, by the way, I'm still alive. I like the random bookends with Greer. By the way, I'm here. Oh, right. We do need to tell people that he didn't die in the middle of all this. Um, And he just lays there realizing what happened. And what that tryst cost him. Yeah. Sucks to be you, dude. Mm-hmm. Woo! This was fun. We did so good. Everybody so good. on the ship should feel so good. It's great an episode of victories. Yeah, mission accomplished. All the way through. That should have been my AKA, but I did not think of it on that. Um, I am only sad that we missed Jonas. I know. I do hope that the next episode is a little more uplifting than this. Well, it's called The Hunt. Oh, that sounds so uplifting. (laughs) It's called The Hunt. Yeah. So we have this episode, and then the two episodes after this um, are my favorites. We have five episodes left. Fuck. Fuck. What are we going to do? We have five episodes left. This is fine. Okay. Everything's fine. Yep, we're fine. Um, okay, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yes. With the hunt. Um, I'm not ready. Okay. Um, but we'll be here and we're just gonna keep going until yep. we can keep going. Yep. Uh we love you. Until then, you can email us at the Finance rates paid. Uh, I forgot I normally say patreon.com slash so place like tarot. Okay, we love you. Goodbye. Bye.